Welcome back, everybody, to Tag Team, the Pokemon Trading Card Game's premier podcasting duo. I'm J.W. Crewall, and I'm joined by my good, good friend, Riley Hulbert. Riley, Whoa. how you doing? I'm thriving, man. If, if you're watching this visually, you might notice I'm out of my normal locale. I'm on site here in, in beautiful Richmond, Virginia. Not Richmond, exciting. New York. Not New York, yeah. <laughs> Huge contentious debate between JW and I. Uh, he said he was in Richmond, and then is like, I just was supposed to assume that that was <laughs> Richmond, Virginia, and not Richmond, New and Jersey. Not, no, New York. New York. I, although I'm sure there's a Richmond, New Jersey. I mean, it could be there. Richmond, anything. I mean, I think there's like a Richmond, Michigan. It's, it just it seems like one of those names, you know, right? like Richmond, Ontario. Oh, there's right? definitely like, a Richmond, Ontario. Yeah. For sure. Like, kind of messed up to assume. It, yeah, true, true. I know. So when you say Richmond, just be a little more more specific. <laughs> right. <laughs> so how are things going over there? It's good. It's good. Um, you know, we're, we're on site working with one of our clients, and it's gone very well so far this week, I would say. I made a lot of progress. I just came back from, like, a bowling outage with some of the, the Epic team uh, that's on site here. And I did win the first round and get second place in the second round, not to, well. not to flex, but you know, I had a good time out there. Um, and now I'm here in the hotel. Love it. Hanging out. What, uh, what hotel did they put you at? Marriott. Yeah. Ooh. How long are you there for? I am actually leaving tomorrow afternoon. Okay. So do you get to chill in the morning or what's the... No. <laughs> I was just talking about this with my peers. I go into the go into the client's office for like three hours tops and then bail. <laughs> Dang. And then I'm flying the rest of the day. Okay. Nice. Nice. Cool. Well, I'm going to be in Wisconsin this weekend. Yeah? What you up to? Uh, friend's wedding. There you go. There I'm you actually going to be in Madison. Are you? I thought... Yeah. The last time you were in Wisconsin, you were on like the opposite side of the yeah, state. Yeah, I was kind of, yeah, I was kind of up north a little bit. Minnequaqua. Yeah. Well, I'm sure you'll be plenty busy, but if you have time, let's, uh, let's make something happen. Yeah. Let's, I mean, I don't, I don't really know the schedule. My wife knows the schedule. All the married men out there, you feel me, right? It's like, <laughs> oh man, we're leaving in two days and I oh, have no man. idea what's going on. <laughs> You're digging a hole for us all out here. True, true. So anyway, we got a lot of poke to discuss, don't we? We got plenty of poke to discuss, that is for sure. So why don't we start with the standard format? Uh, there's been a lot of intrigue in terms of the sheer number of decks, and that has caused a little bit of a, a, a disgruntled fan base, uh, but we'll get to that in a second. Um, but let's just talk generally about what we think are some of the better decks of this new format. Yeah, absolutely. It, <laughs> this format, like, almost menacingly reflects the tweet that I made a couple of weeks ago where I'm like, just pick your favorite VMAX, play it with Inteleon, and do it KO each other. Yeah. Like, that's, like, actually a viable strategy at this point, it feels like. However, um, my favorite deck by a wide margin right now, just in terms of I really enjoy playing it and it's very good, is Suicune. Uh, yeah. Not a VMAX. Uh, Suicune, 
offers so many options in a given turn. You have the draw with the fleet footed on the Suicune. You have the searching with the Inteleon line and you have the burst damage with the Ludicolo. I mean, it, it just has like the whole package there. Um, and it's kind of shown that to be true as well. It's consistently doing well at these events. Um, yep. I mean, I really think right now and in, in the current snapshot of the metagame as of today, that Suicune is the deck to beat. Well, it's really also, you know, the only viable two prize deck outside of like Zacian Zamazenta decks, right? Yeah, and it's lower maintenance than Zacian, right? right? Like you can just Melanie attach and you're good to go. And if you do that one turn and your Suicune doesn't get knocked out, then all of a sudden like you're ahead in attachments and you can get a Suicune one out of two powered up um, and then you're just streaming, right? Like you don't have to worry the rest of the game. Yeah, the nice thing about the Suicune is, I mean, the underrated ability, I feel like the draw is like so good, you know, just to get that extra card a turn, I think is something that uh, a lot of people just kind of gloss over as as why they would play the Suicune deck, but it's really nice to just draw a card. I mean, there were decks in the past that I remember, do you remember this? Um, it was a, it was like a little, I think it was Audino. And when it was active, you could draw a card. Yeah, Caleb played it in his GLC deck. Yeah, it was, I mean, and that was a card that saw, some, I mean, not a lot of play, but like it saw <laughs> some play because you could have, you know, that ability activated, right? Like once a turn. And like, yeah. you know, now you have it on a viable attacker. That's awesome. And then, like it you is. said, the low maintenance, you know, just swinging turn after turn makes it really easy to, uh, you know, stream those attacks. So, yeah. So, I mean, the deck is fun. It gives you a ton of options. And I think between those factors, like the fact it's it's fun and so good will draw a lot of people to it. Um, so as more more people like start picking up the deck, it's going to just increase and increase in popularity. Um, so it just I think it has a huge target on its back right now. You should be thinking about it. Um, some things to consider when you're looking to beat Suicune. Um, Tool Scrapper I think is a is a card that will start to see more play. Uh, the, mm -hmm. the tape of toughness is actually huge. It, it saves the Suicune so many times from being knocked out. Yeah. I, I like tools. I like tool scrapper as a as a card. Like if we're talking about yeah. cards that are on the uptrend, like I would say that and maybe crushing hammer and a few yeah. other things. But and that's not, that's another thing that's good about speaking too is it's kind of resilient against crushing hammer uh, because it's so low maintenance. Um, yeah, there's just so much going for it. Yeah. I would also say like getting back to fleet footed. Uh, I what I really like about that ability too is it's. The one card, like when you choose to draw it, is kind of a nuanced decision. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. You know, like whether you're looking for a specific thing or you just want to draw an extra card to round out your turn, um, or if you're trying to draw multiple combo pieces and like when you use it in relation to your search and your Inteleons and stuff, it uh, it's like those little micro decisions that I really enjoy when I play the game. You know, right. surprise, the, the Zorak player like <laughs> likes to be nuanced <laughs> when they draw their cards uh, sure <laughs> so i just i can't read enough there's like so many good things going for it let's let's talk about some other decks though yeah another deck that's on the rise and i feel like it's almost in response is the jolteon deck jw do you mm -hmm. have any experience with that one yeah jolteon i haven't played it yet because the jolteons are a little bit expensive <laughs> on ptcgo i mean that's like the only deck that i haven't built yet out of uh evolving skies but uh, i've seen andrew play it a number of times i've seen a number of other streamers play it you know, Azul likes it a lot too. Um, so I feel like I have a, you know, good enough base, right? I probably watched 
enough hours of it to know, you know, truly how it plays and stuff. Um, but I like the deck. I mean, I think it's really fun right now. We're seeing a lot of these snipe decks that are just, um, and maybe not dominating the format, but, but certainly stepping into the light here. Uh, so that and Dragapult, you know, are two decks that I really enjoy just the snipe is so good. You have a, mm-hmm. a lot of decks that are playing the Inteleon engine. And I think that's one thing that Jolteon does quite well is prey on those yeah, decks. Just picks those suckers off. Yeah. So Jolteon, low maintenance too. I think it's one of those decks that I also feel like hasn't been fully, like it's not perfected yet yeah. because I could see maybe a bigger like Cheryl um, sort of, heal you know yeah i mean that elemental badge is really good yeah like if you just played like four elemental badge because i think a lot of the decks that i've been seeing are playing three two or three um and then maybe one cheryl if they're playing it at all but uh, maybe there's some kind of strategy there to you know cheryl a little bit more often play a higher count of elemental badge and uh, really get that combo off where the jolteon just doesn't go down yeah and that that jolteon deck can be really brutal if you're yeah. if you're like not an Urshifu deck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. One thing that's like super unfortunate about the Jolteon is it has that 300 hit points, which is just not great when you're against a Urshifu that hits you for 150. Yeah, that's really tough to overcome. I wish there was some kind of you know weakness guard or policy or something. But I guess if you're playing you know weakness policy, then you can't play arguably one of the best tools in the game right now. So. Uh, it's tough there. For yeah, sure. and like weakness guard is in the format, correct? So the problem though is it doesn't work with elemental badge, because <laughs> so, elemental badge provides the colorless. Yeah. So you need the lightning. So it's just like the synergy just isn't there. Right. Um. So you just kind of fold to Urshifu, but on the flip side, well, the but the weakness guard energy is not in uh, in format. Sorry, just to. Okay. Right. UNM. When was the print last? Uh, Unified Minds. But it did have oh. a secret rare, so that's that's maybe what you're thinking about. Oh. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Um, you're totally right. <laughs> so that being said, though, it, it wouldn't work really anyway. Yeah, um, of course. The uh, What I was getting at, though, is that Urshifu is also kind of on the, the downward trend. Um, I, yeah, I agree. I agree. Rapid Strike Urshifu. I mean, what do you think played into that, JW? Is it just the Psychic prevalence? Well, I think Psychic. And then you also think about um, just that Urshifu can't really put pressure on any of the main decks outside of, you know, maybe Jolteon, right? Like, it's not one-shotting anything. Um, mm-hmm. Eternatus's presence has died down, so it's not really hitting anything for um, big damage, again, outside of the Jolteon. So I feel like, um, you know, you're kind of losing that that punch, maybe yeah the the urshifu punch uh and then <laughs> the classic urshifu punch and, and then you have you know you have psychic types that are getting you know better right you have sylveon um you have shadow rider calyrex which just hasn't really gone anywhere and then you also have dragapult so it's like it's kind of a rough format for it currently not that it's necessarily a terrible deck but it's kind of on the downtrend because the flavor of recent weeks has been more psychic focused you see, I'm really interested as well, and we should make this a specific talking point, is like, where do we think things will go in the coming weeks? Because we see these decks like Suicune and, and Jolteon like on the uptrend, and I would say Urshifu is, you know, obviously it's good in a Jolteon, but I think it's kind of good in a Suicune too. Yeah. Um, so I'll be curious like how that develops. You also mentioned, you know, I don't think we need to do Shadow Rider much lip service. 
Uh, but right. Dragapult has definitely been a rising force as well. You mentioned that you liked it. It's also probably my second favorite deck to play right now. Mm-hmm. Um, talk to us a little bit about how that is developing. Yeah, I love Dragapult. And I think one of the things that it does extremely well is snipe those sobbles again i mean we're talking about jolteon being very good into the intellion line and uh, similarly with the dragapult being able to you know take out a couple with you know maybe zigzagoons or or intellion of their own who knows um but just being able to control the board in a way that few other decks can so i think that certainly plays into it you have uh, a very low maintenance attacker again two energy you can also do raihan things and that makes it pretty you know pretty potent there in the sense that you're not really digging for much on the first turn. You don't really need to find any, you know, saucers or special energy. Like it's all pretty much there for you on that first turn. If you can get a Dragapult down with an energy. So the low maintenance and the controlling of the board in this Intellion heavy metagame, I think really contribute to it. Now it's curious though, like you talk about the development of it and I don't want to look too far ahead, but it's just, it's interesting to think if, if decks were playing more crobat based draw instead of an Italian line, like would we be seeing this same kind of dominance by uh, these snipe decks? The answer might still be yes, but it's just a curious thought to think of. Yeah. I mean, who knew? Who knew, man? You left us and all of a sudden snipe was good. <laughs> <laughs> who could have predicted that? <laughs> <laughs> um. When you play Intel, you play Dragapult. I'm assuming you prefer the Intellion version. Yeah, I do. It's nice because uh, the one thing about Dragapult is that it does have that kind of lackluster. I mean, I mean, it does 180 for two, which is good, right? But it just has the lackluster 130 damage to the active. So if I can try to buff that, you know, over a few turns with a couple of Intellions, then I can um, take a two shot on a then opposing. No, I, I mean I think that makes sense. And when you're especially yeah. against the other V Maxes. Right, like when you're not sniping Intellions, mm-hmm. um, you know, 130 isn't really cutting it. Yeah, for sure. You need, that, you need that supplement. For sure. So good. So um, there's a lot of decks out there. Um, you know, I, I would say there's probably about 15 decks that realistically could win a tournament. I mean, we're yeah. looking at Decidueye, Zacian, Ice Rider, Leafeon. Calyrex, Urshi, both Urshi variants. I like the single strike Urshi, which we should also talk about because I know you like single strike as well. You know, you got Jolteon, Dragapult, uh, Suicune, Ludi, uh, Eternatus, Sylveon, Malamar, Duraludon, like Sableye stuff. Like there's a lot of decks out there to think about in, in this metagame. How would you, with that breadth of decks, which is among some of the most viable decks, uh, number of decks that I remember uh, in my time playing. How would you, knowing that all those decks are out there, how would you go about picking one for a tournament? Yeah, it's a it's a fair question. Um, to some extent, I think like you can go with the mantra, like you know, just pick your favorite and play your best on it, um, and you'll probably see some amount of success over tournaments. The I think there's going to be somewhat of like a cyclical metagame that we'll see where, um, you know, Urshifu, I think is pretty decent against the Suicunes and the Dragapult, or not the Dragapults, <laughs> not the Dragapults, uh, the, the Jolteons. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then obviously like Shadow Rider and Dragapult is good against Urshifu. Uh, but then I 
I think Suicune just smacks Shadow Rider around like it's nothing. Um, so you get these like weird cycles, uh, and then you have decks that kind of fall outside of it. Uh, you know, you know, like your Zacian decks or your miscellaneous V Max decks. Um, so I think that's kind of what we're heading towards, though. Is is a somewhat circular meta game. I don't know yeah. if triangle is even the right word because I think there's so many different like points of entry that you could <laughs> you can sure. make it a pretty round shape. Um, yeah. And I think the the best players are going to sniff out when we're hitting the turning points on that circle. Sure. Um, so I think right now we're on the cusp of a turning point as we're recording this, uh, with Jolteon kind of being on the rise. And you know, my guess is if we record a week from now, we'll be on another turning point. Yeah, absolutely. It certainly feels that way. I think for me, if I were to choose a deck to head into, I mean, of course, like play the thing that you're most comfortable with. And I, I do think that there is some nuance to the deck selection. Like I, I think that that there are some uh, decisions to be made that can separate, you know, good players from great players. Oh, you sure. talk about Suicune. I think of like playing Sylveon and uh, there's a lot of decisions in that deck as well. And, um, you know, obviously Rapid Strike has some things that it can uh, certainly, you know, I will play, say, play like, around other. If I had to roll up to, you know, online series number 453 and <laughs> just wanted to pick a deck, I would, I would for sure take Suicune blind right now. Yeah. I, I would agree with you. I, I would tend to agree with you, right? Because it's just so, so straightforward. So, so uh, you're, you're easily able to, to counter what your opponent is trying to do in most cases. And like we said, it's that best, you know, two prize attacker. So you're not attacking with two prizes, one prize, man, two prizes <laughs> are the new one prizers. I know been saying <laughs> it for years. One prizes are the new zero prizers, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> So talk to us a little bit about, you know, as, as we do one last dive into, into deck specifics, let's talk about single striker Shifu. Now I made a video and I gave my top 10 decks of, of this new format. And I liked single strike more than rapid strike just due to being able to take those one hit KOs on opponent, uh, mm -hmm. opponents V maxes having that energy acceleration and then the Umbreon kind of ties it all together, not only for the gusting ability, but the also weakness. for the weakness. So taking away that, uh, that, you know, pretty abysmal matchup in Shadow Rider Calyrex and at least making it reasonable. So what are your thoughts on single strike Urshi? Have you played much of it? And uh, where do you think it's positioned right now? Yeah. Cause I, I, I Stefan, Stefan just won a fairly large tournament with it. He did. Um, I think single strike is a deck that definitely capitalizes on metagames hard. Um, so in Dragapult heavy metas, like where Stefan was playing or Shadow Rider heavy metas, ironically, the deck kind of thrives now because I think the Umbreon is just such an efficient demolisher <laughs> of these tag teams yeah. and, or not tag teams, these V maxes yeah, and yeah, it yeah. can bust them up at will as well. The Umbreon is really just, I think kind of the glue that the deck needed to yeah. to really be coherent because now you have like more gusting options while also drawing your cards you have alternative weakness it's just like all the things that single strike kind of lacked before it has easier options to achieve now um so i think around is a huge addition to the deck the i think single strike struggles a lot against suicune to be honest mm -hmm. um 
I think if I had to say like one matchup that's just truly not good, it would be that one because you have to fill up your bench. Your one hit KOs aren't really super relevant because they're going to one hit KO you back. (laughs) (laughs) The trade isn't really there for you. Um, So I think outside of that matchup though, it can hit for relevant weakness on a lot of the format. Um, So I definitely wouldn't dissuade you from playing it. I think it's best though, when you can really lean into the Umbreon, into these psychic VMAXs. I think that's where the deck shines the most right now, ironically, despite like Urshifu being kind of like the cover card. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. It's a nice deck that uh, provides that nice option, I think. Um, for yeah, players that and I guess one other thing that I'll call it too is like yeah. the the basic Umbreon. Yes. The, with a couple of, of the single strike energies charged up onto it can actually like one hit KO other basic Vs. Yeah, you know, I mean it needs... 60 if you have damage on it, which right. will from the Houndoom. Right. And then you get three single strikes and you're doing 220 that knocks out a speaking you know that knocks out like of pretty much every basic v max except for like zashian and zamazenta or i guess just just zamazenta um so yeah i mean there's definitely some some potent strengths to the deck i think it just it definitely thrives when the dark weak pokemon are out there yeah and then further right you look at the um the basic um bear right the basic, basic bear Urshifu can also do 180 and then he powered up with at least two of the, yeah uh, i mean they both have potential energy. to very easily hit 220 um which is another selling point of the deck is that you can kind of trade with the two prizers as opposed Be- to just using your three prizers right right because you can go ahead and do two prizer and then maybe a couple of three prizers and backups and i think what we're going to see over time is even though we have this like circular kind of metagame is the decks that most consistently are doing well are the ones that have those like options available to them. So, you know, when I think of options, I think of things like single strike where you have a plethora of attackers of different prize tiers that you can work with. I think of Suicune, mm-hmm. I think of Dragapult and Jolteon with their sniping. I think of Urshifu single or rapid strike as well. Uh, like those are the decks that I think are gonna to thrive in this immediate post-rotation metagame because they have the most available to them with the least resources. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, that's good analysis. Are there any one prize decks that you favor? Favor? I can think of I can think of three off the top of my head that I would consider, you know, reasonable. Those three being what? Malamar, Decidueye, and and uh, Reggie Drago. Reggie Drago, yes, yes, very good. Yeah, I, I, ha- I had it in my head. I just couldn't think of what the <laughs> dang thing was called. <laughs> or I, I guess we have 10 types saying uh, wheezing as well. I, I guess so that makes four, but then you kind of think of wheezing as being played more with Sableye. the Sableye. So I, I will we'll include it for now because there's really a dearth of single prize attackers, but um, yeah, any of I those decks. Any of the single prize decks. Yeah. Um, and they have like the classic single prize conundrum of like being a little bit inconsistent. Um, but I don't hate them either. Like I liked Malamar a lot in <laughs> the last format. Like I just liked playing it. Um, and I, I think it's still fun to play. I think this power ceiling is really high. Um, I think as the engines get more and more refined, I think Malamar is probably one of my favorite single prize decks because of the uncapped damage. Yeah. Um, one thing I don't like about the Reggie Drago deck is that against VMAXs, 
if you don't hit gust, they can kind of just like retreat around you forever mm -hmm. um, until they get to an advantageous enough board state where it doesn't matter if you're getting the two shot. Yeah. Um, especially if they play Cheryl, goodness. But Malamar <laughs> doesn't have that same problem because you can get the one shot. Yeah, it's kind of funny that they're both both those decks, right? Or I guess all one prize decks in general, but uh, those two specifically like are really weak to Rapid Strike Urshifu, but kind of in different ways, right? So like the mm -hmm. Rapid Strike Urshifu can just knock out two Malamar and then it should be pretty good to go from there. Um, and then it can, it doesn't take, the Rapid Strike deck doesn't take knockouts against the Reggie Drago deck, but it can leave two Reggie Drago essentially doing zero damage on the board right and that's right. almost and as detrimental yeah yeah so it's just kind of funny so basically yeah. what i'm hearing riley is that one prizers are not viable i don't i don't think not viable is the right word um and i think they have their good matchups i think if i had to pick a one prizer i would pick malamar because i like the the one shot potential i like the typing on it it just seems like the best one to me. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I love the other ones, to be honest. I don't really like Reggie Drago that much. I I would not play Decidueye really right now while there's so many Inteleons floating around. Yeah, that's uh, certainly hard for it. No and I, I haven't played the Weezing Sableye deck enough to speak to it. Gotcha. But I, I do think Malmar's okay. Like, Malmar's actually one of the decks that I don't like to play against when i play sweet goon sure sure which is saying something because <laughs> pretty much everything <laughs> that i do up against I you you play. like yeah <laughs> good so all right so we talked about you know kind of what decks we like um let's talk a little bit about the metagame as a whole and just having so many decks so there's a little bit of a uh, a tiff on the twitter sphere the old tweeter about yeah, people not liking the game uh, because there are so many decks and, and, you know, kind of a criticism of the game being, you know, diverse as opposed to healthy. Um, let me just pull up the uh, Azul tweet that I think crystallizes this conversation saying Pokemon TCG players express how much they are enjoying the format and that they like how diverse it is. And then all of these Scrooges come out of the woodwork with diversity doesn't equal healthy and there have been better formats. He finishes off very in an only a way that Azul could do. Like, come on, bro, go take a walk. <laughs> so basically what Azul is saying here is that there are a, a, a wide, I, I think a wide player base that is enjoying what is happening right now with the game. Um, but then there's always kind of this dissent uh, on like, well, you know, back when I played, like this old format was better. Or just because there's a lot of decks doesn't necessarily mean it's a good game. So uh, do you have any kind of thoughts on on the health of the format? And if yeah, diversity I kind of is, multiple is thoughts into it? on the situation. Yeah. I think um, I think Azul has a very good point in the fact that there is like a non-insignificant portion of like online people who don't necessarily even play Pokemon, but are like adjacent to the community. We just like hate when people like the game <laughs> and, like, and like we'll do anything to make sure they their opinion is heard about how much they don't like the game, regardless of whether they've played in the last three years or not. Yeah. Um, 
And that's not even like at a specific person. There's like multiple people who do this. Um, the, the other thing though, is I think there is a, a valid point that like diverse doesn't necessarily equate one-to-one with healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, although I don't think the point was like necessarily being, um, I don't know, honestly is the right word, but like it wasn't being made in, in like earnest. It wasn't being made, um, you know, without like ulterior <laughs> motive to like get sure. more clout. But sure. I don't think it necessarily means like one-to-one that your format is healthy. There are plenty of like really good formats that have very centralized metagames. Um, I don't necessarily think this format is unhealthy though. I think what it's majorly missing is like comeback kind of cards, uh, you know, with yeah. reset stamp and, and N both gone. Mm-hmm. There's definitely a gap that's being felt. And we felt this gap before a couple of years ago um, where we only had like judges disruption and that just really wasn't doing the job. Um, but I think at the end of the day, what determines if a format is good, not necessarily healthy, but good is if people are enjoying the game. And I think right now, after coming out of like a very centralized, like year and two years where like ADP was like one of the best decks for, for so, so long. Right. And, um, you know, Pikaram was good for so, so long. Urshifu was good for so, so long. And like seeing all of these alternative strategies and decks, even if they're kind of similar in their framework, they all play kind of differently. They all have their own little style and nuance and people like that a lot. And I yeah. can't fault them for that. It's, it's a lot of fun right now. Yeah. Um, so I think like to a certain extent, a game doesn't have to be healthy to be a good game. Um, and so Wait, a game doesn't well, hold on, uh, expound on that a little bit. A game doesn't have to be healthy to be a good game. What, what do you mean by that? Exactly. Like a game can be completely imbalanced and okay. fun to play and enjoyable. And that's what's a good, a good game, right? Is a game that people like to play. Right. Um, okay. And I don't think Pokemon is like completely Imba either. It's just, it's not the healthiest metagame ever because of the flaws that I outlined, but it's a lot of fun and I like yeah. playing right now, which is something that I struggled to like consistently say over the last year. So I can't really complain about it, you know? Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, that's good. That's good to, you know, it's, it's good for our listeners to hear is like, just, I, I think, have an opinion, I guess, on this kind of stuff. But like, if if other people say things that are dissenting, like, don't let that take away from your, uh, your enjoyment, or I guess, lack thereof, of the game, <laughs> you know? Yeah, for real, though, like, and at the end of the day, you know, do what makes makes you happy whether that if you think pokemon has kind of gone down the gutter no one's forcing to keep playing either <laughs> and if you, think, if you think it's the best it's been in the last three years then enjoy that and don't let the people who who don't feel the same way take away from your experience you do bring up a really good point there is a lack of comeback mechanic and that is what i would say is as well, like the biggest problem, problem, quote unquote problem with the game. Cause I uh, kind of share a similar mindset to you is I, I'm enjoying what I'm seeing. You know, they, they clearly designed this block, this sword and shield block, like a, as its own thing, right? Like it was never mm-hmm. really meant to be played with sun and moon or anything prior necessarily. Um, so they did a good job of like balancing it against itself. I think, uh, I except think so. for that comeback mechanic. So uh, what do you think could 
make the game like what's the one card that you would want to see return in order to create a more balanced format in the sense of comeback potential and i think it's almost a loaded question the answer is n for sure okay um if i think if n slash rockets admin was in the format it would pretty much resolve the health issue quickly <laughs> really i that's just so interesting i because i keep hearing and i i might actually say um reset stamp i think reset stamp is a fine alternative what i like about n is that you are forced to draw as well um so you don't get those like insane so like n provides consistency in the early game and disruption in the late game, but it's also like if you're using it to disrupt, you're also not like bossing or things like that. So like and lets mm. you plan your games more in a way that reset stamp had like, you know, I'm going to boss reset stamp you and Yeah, and then it. I get maybe a couple of turns and if you don't draw out of it, then I can, you know, yeah, even outside of like drawing out of it, like, you know, I'm gonna boss reset stamp you now if you don't have boss in the one card, like I win or whatever, like situations and um I feel like N, like, yeah, it takes that support, like more bi-directional interaction. Yeah, I, I had never really thought about it like that because I was thinking of it more like, okay, if you're going to play reset stamp in your deck, because I feel, you know, I've been on the receiving ends of numerous ends in my day that didn't go my <laughs> way. And just thinking of it as like, oh man, I wish they didn't have this card. But like reset stamp felt a little better to me in the sense that, um, you know, it was a pretty much a dead card for the majority of the game, right? So that was the balancing factor is you're going to play this kind of middling card that really didn't do anything. Turn I don't one. think it's like an invalid school of thought either. Right. So um, anyway, I, I definitely fall more into the end pool, but I would say like really either of those being in the format would kind of fix the, the comeback problem. Mm -hmm. Do you think we would still have Marty be played? If N was maybe in certain decks, um, probably in significant, if it was N, probably very much less. Um, but I could see decks that maybe still want to play Marnie. What Marnie provides that N doesn't is it provides like very hard early game disruption and it's raw dig, whereas N is shuffle draw, which shuffle draw. If you've been playing Pokemon for a while, you know the shuffle draw freaking sucks sometimes. Yeah, you can draw the same cards. Oh man, I played this shuffle card and I drew the cards <laughs> that I had in my hand already. Whereas like with Marnie, like, yeah, you're only drawing five cards, but you're digging five cards, right? Like, yeah. Which there's something to be said for that. Yeah. For sure. So in decks yeah. that like maybe just really want to come out come hard out of the gates early kind of situation, like Marnie might fit better. Yeah. Right. And like get a little bit more disruption on the opponent, right? Yeah. You're ending like, first turn, then you're giving them seven essentially well six and then the draw six in the top deck yep. right versus five so hmm. interesting things to think about we probably won't get n anytime soon although we are getting ultra ball so never say never ultra ball and n are like a, a match made in heaven too <laughs> right? i think so yeah i i love the ultra ball reprint and that's not because i own 10 secret rare but it's ultras. not not because <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of speaking of Pokemon cards, I think we have a card of the day, Riley. Oh, we certainly do. So, JW, I'm going to read a Pokedex entry, and if you can guess the card, I will donate twenty dollars to a charity of your choice. Let's go. Um, the Domino, the FJW Domino's charity. That's right. 
That's okay. right. Um, so the Pokedex entry for this Pokemon, it emits a psychic power strong enough to cause headaches as a deterrent to the approach of others. Oh, I've definitely read this one too. <laughs> um, thinker. It's psychic headaches or something about headaches, psychic power. It emits psychic power strong enough to cause headaches as a deterrent to the approach of others. I mean, I really want to say Psyduck, but that seems too simple. Uh, okay, I'm going to say Esper. Ooh, it is not Esper. It is Hatterene. Hatterene. That's right. The the headache, it, it can apply to quite a few psychic folks. <sighs> yeah, that's true. That's true. That's kind of so, like their whole shit. I fault you it? not for your choices. <laughs> um, so the card of the day for this week is Hatterene from Rebel Clash. Has the mind hat ability. Uh, once during your turn, you can have each player discard a card. A lot of people tried to make this work with like goofy disruption text super uh, early on. Raise his hand. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it has the dripping grudge attack where you can just place a damage counter somewhere on the board. Uh, or sorry, on the active Pokemon. For each Pokemon in your opponent's discard pile. So not great. Uh, mostly just a bench sitter that you use the ability for. Uh, mm -hmm. And what's interesting about Hatterene, JW, do you know what's interesting about Hatterene? Um, like lore-wise? or Yeah, lore-wise. Oh, I have I didn't play that gen, bro. Didn't play that gen, bro. Hatterene, <laughs> his, his or her hat and dress-like appearance is entirely made out of hair. No way. <laughs> That's right. Which brings me into our sponsor for this week's episode. <laughs> if you don't want to end up like Hatterene, support for Tag Team this week is brought to you by none other than Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels, and we just launched their first fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. Yes, 4.0. Join the 2.0 million people over worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer through Tag Team. Uh, if you go to their website and put in the code Tag Team, that's T-A-G-T-E-A-M at manscaped.com, you can get 20% off site-wide. Yeah, and free shipping. So like- And free shipping, worldwide yeah, I, shipping. I know, it's crazy. I uh, like, I'm the kind of dude that just uses a disposable razor <laughs> I like have like put off for the longest time buying an electric trimmer. Um, uh, and then Manscaped hit us up and it, I, I've actually gotten a few other, um, kind of like brand brand deals, but I was like, they, they don't really make a lot of sense for us. But this one, I was like, yeah, this seems like something that Riley and I would actually use. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think like I, if this thing ever breaks, which I don't think it does, uh, I will never go back to a disposable razor. Like I, I actually, okay. So it's, it's so funny. I swear to you the week before Manscaped reached out to me, I, I like cut myself, bro. Like <laughs> I, I'm not making that up and, uh, it sucked for like two days, but, uh, yeah, well, I went through a phase where kind of like my, my region was looking like a Hatterene and 
I had gone through, I had tried to do my own kind of grooming with, you know, my face razor, which A, kind of weird. Um, yeah. B, did not end up well for the partners <laughs> down there. Um, and so when Manscaped sent us the 4.0, um, not only was it just cool as heck, but it it was actually so good. I was <laughs> I was very impressed by by how amazing it was. Not a nick, not a scratch, and I felt great. That's awesome. So yeah. if your Weedle is getting lost in your Viridian Forest, <laughs> get the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0 today. That's Manscaped. Dot com and also uh, let me just uh, throw up the throw up the little ad twenty percent off plus free shipping manscaped.com slash tag team just check it out just check it out you know you might go to the website and you find out this is not for me but at the very least give it a look I, I, we like it we've used it a great product no issues so far so we're, we're very happy manscaped.com slash tag team twenty percent off free shipping all right. That was great. Um, yeah, check it out. So the Viridian Forest, man, that killed me. Uh, Bortmalk says, "Use the brave blade." Truly, <laughs> I think there's okay. We'll have to come up. With write some that more down. Write ones. that down. We'll have to come up with some more good ones for next week. So <laughs> we have something coming up this weekend, Riley, and that is the Draft the World tournament. Do you know much about okay. this uh, this Pokemon official tournament? You know, I feel like we know critically little. We know that they're going to be doing these kind of retro formats. Um, I think we we were talking before the cast somewhere in the twenty fourteen to to nineteen range. Is yeah, basically the last basically the last five years of actual world championships. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, and what we're we know who's going to participate as well. Uh, go check it out on Pokemon.com. Got a lot of former world champions and and top level competitors who are going to be in this event. So it's going to be a lot of fun. I think the the thing though, that's really on our minds, JW is what the heck is TCG live? Well, okay. So we don't know this is, you know, so, so we're kind of thinking, at least I'm kind of thinking that we had the TCG live leak, right? Uh, <laughs> the TCG maybe, live leak. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe like a month ago, right? Like, or, or two weeks ago, maybe, I don't know, somewhere a couple of weeks ago at the very least. And it was showing some new products like on the back of a product, right? It was saying like one yeah. code card for TCG live. So they had, this is the last, presumably the last official Pokemon event, Pokemon TCG event for the foreseeable future. And it should be, you know, something that comes out probably the last official event before this new product releases that has the code for TCG live. Right. So I'm thinking, I, I feel like there's a very good chance and I could be completely wrong on this. I have no idea. Right. But I feel like there's a very good chance that if they're not playing the tournament on this new client or on the updated client or whatever it is that they're at least going to show like gameplay. Yeah. Right. Cause it's too, it's too close. This is the last official tournament. And they haven't really given us any other leak. So, like, if we don't see anything after this weekend, I feel like I'd be really concerned. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I think we'll see something. Either they're playing it on the new client or they're going to, you know, do, like, some teaser trailer, you know, like they would at a, at a world championships or something. 
I, I think that's a pretty valid theory. And I think part of part of what adds credence to maybe them playing on it is because they're doing these older formats, they have different rules than, than we're playing on now. Yeah. Um, and, you know, kind of the workaround on, on TCGO tournaments has been to just pass, pass. <laughs> um, Everybody gets an extra card. Which wouldn't be super satisfying to watch on a Pokemon official stream. Yeah. Um, they might still be doing that. But I think we will likely see something because, I mean, we're looking at TCG Live like sometime by the before the end of the year. We need some sort of official announcement slash preview before then. Right. <laughs> and the, the clock is ticking on getting that preview out. Yeah, it sure is. It sure is. And I mean, I'm really excited. I don't know what it's going to be. Uh, we don't Do you have know. any like inclination for what it might be. It's it's not like. No, not betting any money. It's not no I, Yeah, no, I ran a poll on Twitter just asking the general populace what they thought it would be. And a lot of people thought it was just going to be a, like a rebranded client. Um, you know, updated, of course, but like rebranded. I, I yeah. think it's going to be something new because I feel like what's happened with other games is that the parent company like makes it, right? So like Magic Arena is made by Wizards of the Coast, I believe. And somebody can fact check me, but I, I'm pretty sure it's made by uh, Wizards of the Coast. Uh, whereas now PTCGO is made by Direwolf, right? So that's not, that's a, another company that Pokemon hired to make this game. Um, yeah, Wizards make the current Make the current game, right? So I suspect it's a new client, just because I would, I would imagine Pokemon at this point like wants to just own everything, right? It doesn't want to, send it out to another party like it just wants to own all the i don't know the ip surrounding it and like all the code they want it to be their own and it, and it makes it a little more agile if they have to fix a problem i'd imagine i i don't know right but i'd imagine it makes it a little easier to fix problems and bugs and stuff so i would expect a new client now that said i would also say don't get any hopes up because if it is a Pokemon product, like Pokemon official product, this would be their first time doing this, right? Mm -hmm. um, so we don't, I wouldn't say not to be excited. I would just say keep expectations low as I just generally tend to do. That's something- I don't know, keep them low, but keep them safe. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Just like- just Keep just them reasonable. Be, saying keep them meter. low is kind of <laughs> pessimistic. What? No, that's that's seriously like my wife's like tagline is like keep your expectations low because then if it's amazing, we'll be super surprised and happy. And then if it's like good, we'll be we'll still be happy, right? Like, you know, if it's if it's a dumpster fire, then okay, you can't, you know, I, I'm gonna keep my expectations higher than a dumpster fire, right? But I'm gonna keep them low so that I'm surprised and happy no matter what happens. <laughs> I guess when I when I hear keep your expectations low, I hear dumpster fire. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, yeah, I guess. That's I guess. what's imparted upon me. That's the message you leave with me. Yeah. Is dumpster fire. What that said, um, I mean I think my inclination is is some sort of new rebranded TCGO. I don't think it'll be the an exact parallel. I mean, it might even be taking the framework and, and updating some features mm -hmm. or like mm -hmm. making it more usable and or something like that. Um, but I do think it'll be something relatively new. Now I could be completely wrong. And again, I think keep the 
keep your expectations realistic as well. Um, you know, don't necessarily expect the world and be disappointed when you get what you get, you know? Like, what do you think would like, give me like a top two or three things that if Pokemon does this in the new client, like assuming, you know, everything works, right? Like assuming all the cards work and, you know, uh, what are the top like two or three things that if they implement these, you would consider it to be a success? Um, or like you would, you would be happy with the result, right? I guess. Yeah. I mean, that. outside of like general, like performance enhancements and things like that, like actual, like notable, like net new kind of enhancements, I would, I would love for there to be kind of like a better visual feel for the game. Like, you know, you have Runeterra and Hearthstone and Arena that all have these like gorgeous looking games when you play them online. And um, TCGO does not even compare in that front. I would yeah. love for there to be like better animations and, and just the game to feel nicer to play. Um, I would also love for there to be more customization options in terms of, especially like games with friends, yeah. um, like how you could set those up, the rules that you want to apply, things like that would be so much fun. Or even like applying different rules to different formats um, like that weren't initially the rules would be really sure. cool. Um, and then I think uh, I think the obvious one that anyone would say is a ranked ladder. Yeah, I, I think that just about nails it. Yeah, it would be really cool if they did um, some kind of, we got a comment in the chat here. It'd be cool if they branded with Pokemon IP instead of random, like playable characters, right? So like, <laughs> Nathan. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like instead of Nathan, like what if we had Leon? Hey, leave, leave Nathan out of this. <laughs> Nothing wrong with Nathan, but, uh, you know, it'd be very cool if we had, like, you know, Brock in the game, right? Like, that'd just be... It is kind of weird that there's, like, no Pokemon characters. In the it, it doesn't really make sense, like, if you think about it. I like, haven't thought about it before. Yeah, why don't we have, you know, instead of the early, like, why isn't it literally the gym leaders? Like, that'd be so gas. Like, in literally every other... Um, or Or they, like, make up a gym leader, right? Right. You know, or, or make like, up a professor or the something. The characters in the context of the game are just dudes who play Pokemon. <laughs> I mean, same. Right. But, yeah. but I don't want to see myself in the characters. I want to see something cool. Yeah, that's... <laughs> which, like, yeah, right, yeah, which is definitely not cool us, for are, sure. like, antithetical to each other. So. Uh -huh. I definitely want to see a baddie, like a villain. Oh, not like a not like a hot chick, like a villain. No, no, no. Like a well, come on. I I'm already married to the hottest chick alive. So. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. So I don't I don't need any more of that. But yeah, yeah like a story a, like a, mode. Is that what you're saying? Oh, yeah, story mode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be dope. <laughs> story mode. That's not the. That's not the uh, little. You know what do they call it? Trainer challenges or something? Yeah, it would be cool. This is like pie in the sky, but it'd be cool. If there was like some kind of secret like Konami code that you could put in, and it would launch the Game Boy Color game <laughs> in the client, bro, bro, you're getting me a little excited. <laughs> now that that is like way, way out there, but that would be so cool. Yeah, for sure. I think there's a lot of very interesting stuff they can do with the client. I would agree with you if they had 
um, maybe not necessarily updated graphics, but like enhanced graphics. Like if they kept the same Just graphics, like a better that, user experience. Yeah, really. yeah, exactly. Like I think that would be, and that might even be kind of like base level for me. You know, if they changed nothing about PTCGO, but they made it look like Magic Arena, like that's an insane game. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah. we'll see. We'll see just what happens because again this is their first time allegedly taking over this sort of project right like pokemon well yeah the card game at least right they have a lot of other a lot of other stuff that they this do this is pokemon's first ever project <laughs> yeah but um you know first iterations can sometimes be a little rocky so again i'm gonna say keep the expectations low Riley would say keep the expectations what average metered like, realistic to a minimum realistic. like <laughs> the word low just evokes poorness to me like it doesn't evoke good thoughts yeah that and that's I mean that's actually what I'm saying like keep them low right like expect the worst and then anything that's above the worst <laughs> I don't think you should expect the worst though. like have some faith yeah so We'll see. We'll see. Who we'll knows? See. We'll see. I, I'm excited. I mean, this and all this is like speculation on speculation, right? Because right. we don't even yeah, know if we're like going to see anything. Next level of speculation. Yeah, we don't even know if we're going to see anything this weekend, but it's kind of nice to think about it. I mean, we know we're getting PTCG live. We know that there's this date that it had, like, we're probably going to get it by the end of the year. So, what better time to showcase it than? Right. You know, and if it's really like in conjunction with Fusion Strike, you know, based on like the leaks, they have to announce it soon because that's like a November release and we're almost <laughs> in October. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think, uh, yeah, another thing that I want to make sure that, you know, they, I would love to have happen is some way to port over the cards. I mean, it seems like they'll oh, still goodness, be, yeah. it's, it seems like they'll still be using a code system, right? Because there is that code, you know, that was on the leak of the PTCG live. So that's, I think another big thing for me and other players, if we had to start over though, and like we got all the other things we asked for, I would, I would honestly be fine with it, but we'll see what they end up doing there. So yeah, very cool. absolutely. Very cool. Well, great episode, Riley. I think that's going to do it for us today. Everybody check out manscaped one last time, manscaped.com slash tag team. Um, and we will catch you guys in another week because we are the longest running and most consistent podcast out there for Pokemon trading card game. So with that said, you can find us on some socials. Riley, why don't you take us through those? Yeah, absolutely. You can find us on Twitter as our primary form of social media. You can find me at smiles of Riles, JW at real John Walter and the podcast at Tag Team Pokemon. And if you ever want to catch us live, we record weekly on one of JW's and my channels, usually on mine, uh, when I'm not in Richmond, Virginia, not in Richmond, New York. Um, and that's going to be twitch.tv slash Munner, JW's channel, where he also streams all the time and does some great content, is twitch.tv slash Righteous. And while you're going through all that clicking, you might as well log into your favorite podcasting platform and give us a rate and review. Whether you liked it or not, we appreciate the feedback and want to make sure we have the best experience for all of you. Absolutely. We love to hear that feedback. We read all the all the comments that are left for this podcast. So we thank you guys for continuing to uh, stick with us. 
for continuing to give us great feedback, which we read and uh, apply. And uh, yeah, thank you for being a great audience. So we'll see you soon, guys. See you next week. I'm JW. This is Riley. And this has been Tag Team. That's the luck, Buck Catchers. <laughs>